Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Mental Health Awareness right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful guest is Fatima Oliver. Oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today, but you know, one of them, and I'm looking at another screen here, so excuse the sideward profile, but you know, it's everyone needs a safe place to fall. I think that's an enormous statement and there's a lot that we're going to be talking around that today. But, you know, we're also going to be talking about mindology, the better understanding of emotions and unconscious pattern behavior. And she's inspired by personal accounts and scholarly background. Fatima is passionate. Um, oh, somebody come in? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, somebody knocking on our Zoom door. <laughs> Uh, she's very passionate, of, uh, and I'm going to try and try and pronounce this, folks. Uh, psychodynamic theory, as known as a psychoanalytical psychotherapy. Did I get that right? Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And that was my Alexa. My Alexa was re sending me a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, Alexa. We're here already. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be talking about the methodology that helps the clients to better understand those emotions and behaviors and become more aware of themselves and feel more empowered to remove those bad habits from their lives while making better decisions for themselves. She's learned this from a very early age and became empathically convinced that pain and family were synonymous, living with the trauma from a physical and sexual abuse, a loss of a child, abandonment issues, domestic violence, horrible decision-making. She walked around most of her life waiting for the world to compensate her for her pain and suffering. Oh gosh, does that ring true? I, we always want someone to pay, don't we? Because yeah. we don't realize that vibrationally we're actually inviting it even though nobody could actually think you could invite that but yeah oh well welcome to the show Fatima. yeah thank you so much for having me and you are so right it's like our inner person is inviting all that stuff even though on the outside or consciously we're saying i don't want this in my life i don't want this type of attitude this personality this type of person this toxicity in my life, a lot of our choices that we're making subconsciously because of where we are with our self-worth and just looking at ourselves um, individually, what we like about ourselves, what we don't like about ourselves, all those things are helping us to make the decisions that we are claiming we do not want to be making. And so we find ourselves a lot of times, I know for me, a lot of times in a space where I couldn't understand why I kept picking the same type of guy or I couldn't understand why I kept being around the same type of social climate. I just didn't understand how I kept attracting this type of stuff until I really started looking at myself inwardly. And that is truly when changes started to, to, to come to fruition was when I stopped to look at myself. Yes. Well, life is an inside out job. That's it, inside out job. But we're so influenced by the outside 
but it contaminates the inside instead of us really listening to the truth. You know, when we're divinely connected and whatever source of energy, divine power that you go for, yeah. when we're divinely connected, we are guided, our, our own core intuition, our own instincts, our own self-worth and everything will speak very loudly. But we allow that outside expectation and dictation to tell us how we should feel and what we're really worthy and we repeat those patterns of our family, our parents, of our ancestors, of society. But you take a good look at society, folks. Is yeah. it working? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And that is where like the psychodynamic psychotherapy comes in at. It's because I really, truly believe just um, as far as my methodologies and my mindset, my mindset, I really believe that a lot of things that we encounter today has to do with what has happened in the past, different things where it's culturally, environmentally, um, uh, people speaking things over our life and us taking it for the Bible, you know, just that's the gospel. They said it and, that, and it must be that way. Um, just having those encounters, whether it is a bad breakup that happened some years ago that we didn't get over, or if it's childhood trauma, either way those type of measures have come and impacted our present and could potentially impact our future. If we don't grab a hold and become aware and say, I'm making a conscious decision starting now to change the narrative. But that's really, I mean, in a nutshell, that's my life. It's yeah. that for so many years, without me even thinking about it, I grew, I, I was conditioned to be this way to some degree, to a, a large degree, based on trauma, um, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, a, a, a disfigurement on my legs. I'm going through life feeling like a feeling victimized. I mean, yes. really, and just walking in a space of victimization, rightfully so, because I was right. Yeah. Um, but then somewhere down the line, um, it became my personal choices and making bad decisions based on my understanding of my own personal worth, making horrible decisions, and then finding myself in, in predicaments where it was domestic violence or just having hostile and horrible connections with people and then trying to figure out how the heck did I get my, how did my life get, get here? And so just walking through um, my life and stopping to go back and say, well, I got here somehow, like I traveled with my feet, I made, I had to make some type of decision and really just looking at my life and pulling back the layers like an onion on my life and saying, it starts out here from what I can see right now. But as I peel back, no, that was also something I was doing in middle school. And where did that come from? Oh, that's something that I saw my aunt do or that my mom did. My mom did. Just really peeling back the layers of my life is what helped me to say, you know what? These were learned behaviors but I can make a decision to unlearn it. If I can learn it, I can unlearn it. And just really put, holding on to those reins and, and taking control over my life, actually taking control over my life. Blank slating, you know, having an entire new canvas and say, I'm only going to put in this or on this canvas, what will serve the better good of me so I can serve the better of man. Um, I wanna go back to victimization. A lot of people get caught in the victimization because that's where the attention comes from. Mm, yeah, so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. So you hold on to that victimization because you're getting attention. 
Yeah. And what we we crave the attention. It's the wrong kind of attention. We want the attention where people see you for right. the awesomeness that you are, the flawsomeness that you are, you know, yeah. for how you've stepped into your life, the inspiration that you've become. But yes. when we get stuck in the victimization, it's like I'm getting attention. I also don't really have to take accountability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy, Sarah, is that it starts as a kid. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes we get labeled and we get these labels and we're not really getting the attention that we crave for from our parents or our guardians or mentors. And so we do something maybe inadvertently and we get the attention from it. And so now we can develop into the class clown. We can develop into somebody that's just a bad seed type of you know person in the family. Because either way, whether it's getting laughs, whether it's getting scolding, it's getting attention, right? And so not being able to understand that, but that's toxic, that's bad attention. Even in the world today, we hear as far as the influencers and the famous people, there is never any bad attention. All, all, you know, bad attention is good attention. Like you can manipulize it and uh, and, and make it work for your benefit. And so that's what we sometimes learn as children. Um, But even in that, it can really cause such a stumbling block, meaning we are our own stumbling block because we become so addicted to that attention that we allow that, 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 that vicious circle of getting the coddling um, to we become addicted to it and then we don't want to outgrow it. So even if we have potential, even if we see our potential, even if we see dreams and goals and things that we really, really want to reach out for, um, sometimes we tussle between, but then if I do that, then I can't use that excuse that I can't do it anymore. And then some somebody just dropped something. Apologies. <laughs> so I got a full house. Sorry, the mic. Full... <laughs> yeah. Good thing it wasn't the mic, but it definitely sounded like it. And so we 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 tussle between, but if I make this decision and I possibly succeed, then I can no longer say I can't do things because now I've just proven to myself that I can in fact conquer things. I am smarter than what I've been giving myself credit for. And a lot of times we are comfortable in our mess. We are comfortable right where we are. And if that means being stuck in this self-victimization circle of getting coddled and saying that I can't be anything because everybody has said that I can't be anything more than what I am, just leaning and really getting comfortable in that chair to not strive for greater. And I think, you know, ultimately we're doing a disservice and like you said, we're not pushing ourselves to see the greatness within us. Right. Um, you know, what you water and what you seed will grow. And if you're going to perpetually grow the woe is me, the victimization or the I'm not worthy, that's the only thing the energy is going to bring to you. So, we, you know, we have to change the dial. We have to change the channel. But that means we've also got to step into some ownership. And we've got to participate in our well-being of life. That means that we have to do some self-discovery. We've got to do some work on ourselves. We've got to invest in ourselves to become, to go. Nobody gets to over here, you know, joy, happiness, meaningfulness without going through the process. Some people have gone through it on their own through trial and tribulation and have become the teachers. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes the teachers are right there to help you go through it. You've got to walk it. Absolutely. It's your journey. 
but they've got the tools and the skills to help you do it so you're not flat on your face every five seconds but if we're not willing to take that participation and that ownership and stand up and say okay i am miserable with my life and the only person that can change it is me the willingness to change until we get there we're going to repeat that same old pattern yeah absolutely it is just remarkable that you that you spoke on that because that really was the avenue that I had to go through. And for me, it was by accident. <laughs> you know, it was it was completely right, because I was going <laughs> to say I don't believe in accidents, but but it definitely was in I was in that space where my life had to change. Yeah. I was struggling. I had been struggling with anxiety, depression for over 10 years, had been um, diagnosed as clinically depressed and even medicated for a decade. And I had basically, my view is I had um, medicated and put a Band-Aid on the issue, but I hadn't really dove in and figured out why I was the way that I was. And it was really in when I was in this space of desperation because I personally felt like I wanted to end my life. Yeah. And that was a very, very scary place because I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking about it. And it was in that moment where I had to stop and really um, lean on my safe place, which was people that had known me for a while. Had um, We were in the same faith. We prayed together. They could speak um, the truth in my life, and I listened. And so I went to these key people that were in my life, and I was very raw, dark, honest about where I was at. And in that, they're the ones that encouraged me to start talk therapy. But even when I went to therapy, I wasn't participating. Right. When I went to therapy, I just wanted to be medicated. I wanted them to help me to stop having the anxiety attacks because Not by out. then I was having seven out of 10 anxiety yeah. attacks. I just wanted tools. Give me the resources. You want me to breathe? You want me to envision? What do you want me to do? Right. And I really did that for like a month until one day it just clicked but why are you even going through this? Like mm -hmm. what happened? Like all you can remember your entire life is being sad, is mm -hmm. feeling sorrow, is feeling anxiety. But what happened that made you get here? And it was in that question that it, the doors opened for me. And I began to understand that in order for me to dive in and get the answer, I had to participate in my own healing. Mm -hmm. I had to start um, being willing to talk and being yes. willing to share things that I hadn't even shared with my safe place, being willing to look at myself in the mirror and acknowledge the fact that I owned my destiny and that I had made some bad decisions and own that I owed people apologies, but also own that there were some things that people were putting on me that did not belong to me. Right. Either way, through those different angles, I had to start to participate and it was only when I said, I'm ready to get dirty, like in the garden, I'm ready to get down on my knees and, and just really get in there in the dirt. It was only then that I, tr I truly started to see some manifestations, some relief from the anxiety, um, less days of depression. I really, truly started to see a change in my life that honestly, I never thought that I could have. The willingness was there. And, you know, you, you talked about kind of the ending of your life. I've been there. Really, we don't want to end our life. We want to end the pain. Mm -hmm. We want to end the confusion. So, yeah. you know, people get mixed up with, well, if I end my life, it's all over. I'm <laughs> sorry, you right. come back again. Um, you know, it is about ending the anguish that we're in. 
That's what we, and we're, well, you know, a lot of people think, well, suicide will do it. No, that obliterates everything. What you're yeah. trying to do is end the anguish. Absolutely. And, you know, you have this book, The Prescription in the Dirt. And so you talk about getting down in the dirt. And it's, it's going back to the very core and the very soil of what the problem is. And digging out the weeds, digging out the things that are growing there that are that are, are aggressive and contaminating everything else and weeding it out and then planting the things you do want to grow but water and nurture it don't dictate how it grows oh yeah absolutely you have a choice right yes. and you have to make those um, make those decisions for me when i was working through the different i said boulders that was in my life so um, I can say with the with the sexual abuse that I went through, when I was working through that, it was tough. It was grimy. It was dirty. It was messy. All of that. But at the end of it, after I had worked through who was at fault, who wasn't at fault, what happened, all the details, all these things that honestly, for me, helped me to get to a place where I could stand in confidence and say, I, I have a choice now. You know, I, re I realized that it was not my fault so many years ago. I realized that I could take that ownership, but there was still a missing piece. I yeah. had to make a decision on what I was going to do with it. Now that, I, now that I've seen it, I've seen it from every angle. Now what? Do I put yeah. it back inside me and then just carry it with me? Or do I make the decision to, now that I've given my pain a voice, because that's what I did. Yeah. After I gave my pain a voice, now what? Do I release it or do I keep it? And so that is ultimately where each situation, each pain, each anguish led me. It led me to a place where you're in the crossroad and you're either gonna go right or left. Mm -hmm. I had to make a decision on what I was gonna do with every single trial that was continuing to come up from out of me that was calling, causing me such anguish, the anguish that to your point, I wanted to be free from that was yeah. so loud in my head and in my heart that I couldn't breathe. And so with each one, I had to make that decision. Fatima, now that you see it from every angle, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring it back into yourself and let it allow to, um, to reside and take up room inside your soul? Or, you're, or are you going to release the pain? Acknowledge the event, honor the fact that that event happened in your life but yes. also release the pain of the event. And so with each one, I was able to make, make that decision and make that determining factor. And as I released the pain, I actually gained more room for purpose. Right. And I had no idea that that switcheroo was going to happen. Yes. Right. Yes. But as soon as I would release, I felt such, I, I was like, oh my God, I feel freer. And then that opened up the door for me to feel happier and for me to see opportunities to grow and, and do all these different things that I'd never been able to, to engage in before. The thing is, is you're not forgetting, you know, it's the, the I mean, I've had people talk about horrific things and you, you've, how can they even, you know, talk about this again, even think about this. And it's because the pain is gone. The yeah. anguish is gone with it. Right. They're no longer, a victim of the pain and anguish they are free from it so they can speak to it in their empowerment like you are speaking from your own self-empowerment yeah. so you can look at what happened to you and go no shame no blame right this is what happened i understand how why and what it happened my ignorance in letting it happen because a great deal is trust so we trust the wrong people you let it go you let the pain and anguish go you didn't let the memory go. It's there. But now um, it's become that lesson. 
for right. others to say, you, you know, this is what happened to me, but I'm no longer the victim of it. It no longer has control over me. In fact, in releasing it, it empowered me to really understand my own power that lies within that was being suppressed because yeah. of that pain and that anguish. Yeah, it was being weighed down, right? It's just so much weight that was being carried unnecessarily. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of people run from forgiveness because they believe what you stated that you have to forget, yeah. right? And you have to almost like giving the event, the situation, the people a clean slate to do it again. Mm. And when you think about that, it's like, well, I don't want to be a fool. Why would I put myself back in that situation? I can't. I'm not. I'm not. Then, then it's a no. Because if I forgive you, then that means you have room and you have a right to do it again. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness and um, being culpable are two different things. You can forgive. Exactly. I, you know, I say I can love somebody from across the street. I can love you and care for you. But I also understand that if you are not in a space where you have let go of dysfunction or toxic ways, it's just not even wise for me to allow you in my space again. Right. But it doesn't mean. Right. But it doesn't mean that I haven't forgiven you. It's just I'm wise. I learned from that. And now I'm wise. And now I'm putting wisdom before my decision. And so but it took so long for me to even understand that, because honestly, at least um, with my experience, with with my faith and certain traditions, it's that mindset that is shared without the detail. You know how you have the fine print? The fine print doesn't really get talked about. It's just right. forgive, 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 and these big yes. old flashy words, yeah. right? But the fine print isn't there. And so sometimes we can walk away, especially if we've been hurt, thinking, but what about me? Are you telling me to forgive, but what about my feelings? What about the fact that it hurt me so bad? What about my pain being validated? And so we're saying, give your pain a voice. Speak on your pain. Give it the honor it deserves because you went through it. You don't need to ignore that you went through it. Ignoring it is what got you where you are now, right? Right. Let's acknowledge that this did happen. Let's acknowledge what it felt like. Let's feel the pain. Let's experience all of that so that you can release it and let it go the pain but not the situation always remember the event because you can help others right it just allows you to help others if you have the opportunity to actually address the person that's giving you the pain and say this is how you made me feel right this is this is the, the corner that you put me in this is the anguish that i have had uh that is on you because you did that to me but I've released it. I am releasing right. it. I will forgive you because you must have done it from a place of pain as well. A, pla- mm-hmm. a place of ignorance, a place of following a pattern. And that doesn't mean I condone it, mm-hmm. but it means I forgive it. And I ask you to do the work on yourself. Yeah, very good. Very good. And it's true. Uh, it's, it's, but first, we have to get to the place where we understand that there's always other sides to the story and maybe it's time for us to consider not just how we were hurt but how the entire story played out right right? and then from there that's just seeing the perspective it does not negate your feelings it's just saying 
Let's look at all sides of the story. And then from there, I believe when we do that, it opens up room for an opportunity to understand another person, somebody else's viewpoint. Even if, it, even if it's a skewed up viewpoint, you yes. can still understand it. But to your point, you can understand it and not agree with it, right? Exactly. But at least you have a, a, a whole, as much as you can, a whole understanding of what encountered, right? But then from there, it still boils down to our choice on freeing ourselves, not necessarily freeing them. They're the second part of it, but freeing ourselves by releasing our pain that's associated from that situation. And then, like you said, if you have that opportunity to be able to um, you've worked through your your feelings enough to where you can honestly sit down and have a loving conversation, meaning from your place, it's loving. Don't know what they're going to do, right? but you're, you're able to approach it in a loving way then by all means, if it's not going to put anybody in harm in harm's way, absolutely. I think that is just the most wonderful thing to be able to stand up in your truth and say, this happened to me. It was not right that it happened. This is what I wish would have happened differently. And these are my boundaries if we're going to be in a relationship again. Or, you know, I'm really just acknowledging that how, how it has been perceived for all these years is not fact. And I'm standing, on, I'm standing up for myself in this moment. But even if we don't have that opportunity, we still have to make the decision on what we're going to do. Are we going to allow that situation that's associated, are we going to allow that pain that's associated with that event to take room in our hearts or or are we going to release it? There are different ways to release. You can write a letter to yourself and write it as if you're talking to the person and just write it, come back to it the next day and write some more or, or rewrite it come back the next day and rewrite it so that you can get all those feelings that have been harbored for so long out of you and then burn it. You can have yes. a, a phone conversation. Yep. You can do a zoom or you can meet face to face. Sometimes you have to leave it to you and, and the God that you serve and mm-hmm. say, because, because you don't have that, that, that opportunity um, to be able to meet with them or speak with them and just um, give it to your faith and give it to the God that you serve and say, I release that pain to you, but there's always a way to be able to release pain from an event. I, I totally agree. Um, I actually recently went through a conversation with a, someone I had a very long relationship with, and uh, he openly admit that he, he never should have been in a relationship and that he treated me really badly. And it was nice to hear him own up to that. And, you know, and I was open and saying, yes, and you've less scars. They're there. The scar tissue is there. Yeah. I decided to work on myself. I've moved well and truly on. Um, but I, you know, we shared a few stories of some of the pain that was inflicted on him as a child. Mm. And the emphasis that you've always got to be strong, you've got to be tough. And that love is actually a weakness. Mm. And, and I understood from where he came from. So I long ago kind of forgave that. Although the impact it had on me, I you know, have to acknowledge, I can't deny. Right. And, it, and it certainly has changed the way I think. I'm not a victim of it anymore because I moved away from it too, so long ago. But you, you do get some scars there where mm-hmm. little red flags when other people come up. And it's just that I don't believe in borders, but I do believe in boundaries. Mm. And for anyone else to enter into my stratosphere has to be of equal or very close vibration. Mm. of intent and so you know as you said when somebody's hurt you you may call them out on it you may address it you may forgive them but what you are going to do is you're going to be aware 
I don't want that negative vibration back in my life. And that however charming a person can be, however flashy, however this or however that, whatever they say they're going to do for you, listen to your core. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to that inside voice because, you know, maybe just friends or, or just associates, but your core is saying to you, that's where the boundary is. Please yeah. listen to it, right? Because yeah. you've got you've you've got the battle scars earned to know, like a soldier yeah. going back into war that's been there before, instantly is aware of what to look out for. Now we're not saying live in fear, just live in awareness and make yeah. sure that you don't go into an old pattern that's just showing a different face. Mm-hmm. That you do have that vibrational barrier that equal equal vibration, equal frequency of their own self-love, right? The love and respect for you and value, but also people that have stepped into a purpose in life. Because when they've stepped into that purpose that is of service to others, you know they're resonating on a good vibration. Yeah, and and I believe as you grow and you mature in your own self, you begin to naturally gravitate to to that type of person. Yes. It's one of those things where um, I honestly, I didn't know that it was, um, I think Man- Mandela who, who said it, but I had heard it from somewhere ages ago. And so my mantra has always been, you win or you learn. Yes. And so when you're going through a situation that you come away feeling a bit defeated over it, once you work through it, um, I think the best way to work through it is to look for the lesson that's attached to it. Always. And so you learn, you learn to be able to be, like you saying, more aware, not hyper vigilant, but just aware of what your boundaries should be the next time. If you were to engage with somebody like that personality type the next time or what you could have done better or not said or, or whatever, you know, there could be a, a bunch of lessons that you can learn. But the point is to learn. And um, a, a, a friend of mine who is a psychologist told me many moons ago that you have to be careful about your personal space and that we mm. all have personal space. You know how sometimes people get a bit close and you almost feel intruded upon? Yes. Right, you wanna back <laughs> up, right? There's a certain, we know where that space is. Yeah. Everybody has their own individual place where they're like, whoa, you're too close. And so in that is even in um, in the atmosphere, you can say, like you were saying, the vibrations, we all have a personal space. And so when you're saying yes to things, when you're engaging with people, when you're um, kind of giving in to the charm or the smile or the conversation, it's important to think about how much is it going to cost me? How expensive is it? How expensive is it going to be to it, to come into my personal space? And that doesn't mean financially. It means no. mentally. It means emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, physically. It means all of that. So, um, you know, just every part of you, how expensive is it going to be for that person to come into your life? And, um, and then, and, and take that heed because that's a warning. <laughs> You know, and then act accordingly. And if that means putting up some boundaries, saying no, our relationship stops here, or mm, yeah, it was nice meeting them, but they're not the type of person I need to be around. That's when you are owning your own journey. You're owning your own self. You're standing up for yourself when you make those type of boundaries. And, and it's okay. You know, again, I'm not talking about borders. I'm not talking about 
a person is so different that you know they can't be within your sphere it's about the intention behind it and yeah. you know really we've done the work we've gone through the process we've raised our vibration our frequency into love kindness and caring for ourselves so we can exude it out to other people we don't want to be around the people who are the piranhas Mm. Suck it yeah. all out of you, right? We want to be around the people that have also done the work, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. nothing sexier in a man who's gone through the process of life and has stepped into his meaningful purpose yeah. and really it outwardly says, I love me and every and life and my contribution, right? Because yeah. you know that person's intention yeah. is right. Yeah, and absolutely. And that goes for your friends, that goes for your family. You know, I, yeah. I have family i love and you know um, my darling sister she and i are chalk and cheese so totally and utterly different um she kind of thinks the work i do is like a do-gooder communist and <laughs> that thrown around so much and bless her she just doesn't understand so you know instead of making her the enemy it's like we stick to the channels that we can mm. communicate on yeah right? yeah just because she doesn't get my world doesn't mean I shouldn't love her. Absolutely. It just means we pick a channel that we're okay in and we don't step outside of that channel. Mm, very good. Very good. I absolutely agree. There are certain things that people will understand and certain things they just can't relate to you on a certain level. And yeah. you have to be able to respect that. The, yes. the, one of the huge things that I learned about, um, I consider it a soul healing journey. And that was when I got into a place where my mind, my emotions, my physical, my spiritual were lining up speaking to me and I actually started to listen. And then that took me on this journey of healing from some wounds that I honestly thought I had already healed. But right. one of the things that I, I learned was that I've gotten into this space and I've been working around, um, walking around with people that were completely can relate to where I was coming from. They've been through their own stuff. They had their own baggage. They worked through their own stuff too. So we can go into these deep conversations and very thought provoking and interpersonal conversations, right? But the person next door may be like, what? What are you talking about? Not everybody is in the space, the mind space that I am in. And right. that is okay. And I had to learn right from the door to respect that. The same way I had my journey to get where I'm at, they have their own individual journey. And it is, it is not my responsibility or my right to push them into their own journey. I have to learn to respect them where they're at, but also protect my space, right? Also know, similar to what you were saying, have my boundaries to say, okay, we're on this channel. We work on this in this area, on this level. But once we go, once it wants to go somewhere else, we need to exit because you're, we just don't agree in certain areas yeah. or you don't understand the type of life that I'm trying to lead. So yes. we, we, we come into agreement here. Let's just stick here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. be happy here. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, so many times you see this in relationships where someone has come to that epiphany and is doing the work on themselves and they want their spouse or their loved one to do it along with them. And yeah. it's like, unless the willingness is there, they're doing it because they really do want to work on themselves. Um, it, it, you are demanding something from somebody before they're ready. And a mm -hmm. wonderful couple on, and uh, they celebrated their 49th wedding anniversary. I've had them on many times, the Negros. And 
we did a relationship show and they talked openly that at the 14 year mark, their marriage was in trouble. So they decided to take time out and each go on their own individual journey where they both made some extraordinary discoveries of their meaningful purpose. Mm -hmm. And they came back and kind of in their individual journey shared where the collaboration was. And here they are at 40, you know, 49 years, side by side, snuggling while they're doing the interview, right? Mm -hmm. So they were willing to say, I'm not throwing in the towel because we're at a crossroads, but we clearly need to go and both sort out our own stuff and then come back together and, and share the wonders and the beauty of that stuff and how we can work together, you know, collaboratively without losing our own individuality. If you're running a business, you have to be vigilant. You have to, to pay attention. Um, my son opened up a restaurant four years ago, just before he opened it up. And I said, it's going to be like having twins. <laughs> and then I didn't see him for a few months because I went away, came back. And he said, you lied. It's like having triplets. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll say quads. Yeah. You know? and it, yeah. Because there's so many departments that you've got to take care of. And if you don't, that business is going to fail why don't we look at our lives with that same type of investment that I need to look after my well-beingness because if I'm not optimized how can I help anyone else Um, I need to make sure that I'm on my path with my career or my meaningful purpose I need to make sure that when I'm coming together with a relationship that I'm really doing it because the core is is speaking to me but we're inclined to gain do those things from the outside in you know it's expected of me or or maybe I should, and a lot, my kids are all in their 30s, only one's married, and it's like, they're age one, why aren't you hooked up by now, you should be having children, and this and that, and it's like, no, if the right partner hasn't come along, if you haven't been in the right space, and it's not been the right time, then don't do it just because, you know, it's expected, please, expectation at the door, that's society's expectation and dictation, and look at it, it's dysfunctional, Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And I I believe that's when our ideal self and our self-concept, they kind of clash. And so our, you know, our ideal self is, I want to be this at this age. I want to do this at that age. You know, for me, it was as soon as I'm out of high school, I should have a great job. I don't know what I was thinking. I should have a great job. And um, and then I should be married at this age. I, I should have a child at this age. So that so when I didn't at 23, when I didn't have the good job, the the I mean the successful job, like I saw other people having on TV, when I didn't have that or the car, and I, I had I had I hadn't had my child yet, and I would just felt like a failure. Yeah. I felt like a failure, and that was because my self concept of how I saw myself wasn't as mature as the ideal self that I was looking at. And so I wanted to be have all these things and do all these things and be in this space, but I wasn't mature enough to even get there at the same time, right. at that time that I had allotted myself. I had a lot of growing up to do, basically, yeah. is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Right. You know, and so it's like, but I forgot about that part. Everything takes work. Everything has steps that you have to adhere to. And if you don't, then you're going to more than likely make a mistake and have to go back backwards and start yes. all over again. Yes. And so we know this on the job. We know this in our professional careers. We know this even relating to um, external people like our relatives, but they're external. They don't live with us. But for whatever reason with ourselves or with those that are most close mm-hmm. to us, we kind of think we can skip those steps. 
that we don't have to do that work, right? We can, because they know, they know already how we feel. And, and even with ourselves, somehow we convince ourselves that we don't have to do that work on ourselves, but we're going to magically be who we want to be right. five years. Have a little bit of a frozen here for a moment, folks. Should be back in a second. Ah, and oh. you're back. Great. Yes, okay, because I'm like, oh, I, I saw myself moving. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, it's just we, we have this expectation that we're going to be this miracle person, and but we don't want to do the work. And I just think that that is, it is, it's not even a thought. It is a disservice to who we, who we want to be. Ultimately, yeah. it's a disservice. We feel we can do this downloadable app. And that yeah. will make it, right? <laughs> right. And you know, the other thing about social media can be absolutely wonderful used right. Used wrong, where it comes in competition and comparison, it's yeah. deadly. Deadly. Yeah. Because once you start comparing yourself, I mean I've been doing these podcasting now for nine and a half years. I've had so many, why don't you do it like Rachel Meadows? Why don't you do mm. it like such and such? They're them. Right. I'm me. Right? Um uh, People are going to listen to, to the shows that I put out that resonate with this vibration, resonate with what we have to share. If they're not resonating, they're going to tune into someone else. It's okay. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. enough to go around. But this, and so, unfortunately, social media is one that's really guilty of this. If you don't look this way, if you don't act that way, if you haven't made this money, if you're not associated with these people, um, you know, if you're not the top bestseller, you know, you're nobody. And ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, folks, let's get this right. Yeah. Social media doesn't define who you are. Absolutely. You can expose Absolutely. who you are, but doesn't define right. <laughs> that's a good one absolutely it will expose won't it yeah and, and so will everybody else with them cameras yeah but, exactly. you, but yeah you are so right and i think it boils down to your why why mm -hmm. are you doing the things that you're doing yes. so when i was going through and i was in so much anguish and pain and sorrow and when i was thinking about ending my life the question was why when mm -hmm. i was going to therapy and i was getting all these um, tools to help myself to not have the crazy anxiety that I was experiencing, it boiled down to my why. Why am I in this situation? So when I'm building my life and making these decisions about how I'm going to spend my time and how I, what, I, what I want my life to be about, that why is still there too. You got to answer your whys. And when you're able to do that, it won't matter about what other people are doing, right? Because you're centered into your purpose, into yes. your calling. And we all, I really believe that we all have a purpose on this earth. And it's not just to be a spectator. We yeah. all have something that we can offer. And if it is, if, if we have to compare ourselves, I mean, there's, like you said, there's enough room. All yeah. the cereal boxes that are in the uh, the different cereals that are in the grocery store. You see all those different cereals, somebody's buying them or they wouldn't be there, right? Because right, it's supply exactly. and demand. So mm. all of those those cereals that are on that one aisle, it just seems like too many to choose from, but it's not because mm -hmm. it's supply and demand. So mm. it's the same thing with what we bring to the table in our personal life and our professional life to ourselves. It's all about there is room for us. There is a purpose for us. We have a role. And it's a matter of what is our why? Why um, are we 
fascinated? Why do we want to um, do the podcast? Why do we want to write the books? Why are we doing all of these things? It has to be more than just about for people to look at me, right? There's a there's a fulfillment, there's a need that is there at the core. And it's important that all of us get to that need, that why. And if it's a healthy why, or if it's an unhealthy why, it all culminates and boils all the way down to going right back where we started, getting in that dirt, looking at the core issue, seeing if it is healthy, if, if, if I'm um, um, performing from a healthy space, or am I performing from an unhealthy space? And then checking what you see. If it's negative, then don't be afraid, not being afraid to do the work and doing it scared and saying, why am I this way? And being brave enough to say, I wanna be better. And I know it has to start from the inside out. Stop persecuting yourself, right? Uh, the no shame, no blame, right? Because it, there's always a reason for something, uh, whether we understand it or not, there's always a reason for it. Yeah. And if you go down to, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. You idiot. You know, that yeah, negative yeah, talk yeah. is not helping you. Absolutely. It's not going to help you open up those doors to that growth because what you've sent out to the stratosphere is that's what you're worth. So yeah. change the verbiage, change the dialogue. Okay, I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't good for me. I'm going to change directions and make sure I don't do that again. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And we have a chance to do it every day. Every day that we wake up, we have an opportunity to change our outlook on our life, on our situations, on ourselves, on us, yes. us, self, ourselves. And even when it's something just as well, it seems like a huge thing if you've had the habit of changing your verbiage, of yes. taking your thoughts captive. You can start baby steps. I'm a huge proponent on baby steps because they count too. You still get to the, yeah. to the same destination. It's just slower, right? Yeah. But on whose pace? Who you, who you racing? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. So you do the work. You do the steps. You can make it to where it's on a calendar. And every single time you hear yourself say something negative you, and you change it and you correct that behavior, you mark it on your calendar and you build a habit. And before you know it, you've changed You've unlearned a behavior. Everything starts with the first step. So taking the baby steps to correct your behavior, to correct the way that you see yourself. You won't be able to project or to get those things, manifest those things in the atmosphere that you want if you are unable to work on the person that you are. You have right. to correct that in order to open up the door for those awesome things that you want in your life. You know, we don't realize addiction is not just drugs and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, addiction is to attention or addiction is to our own self-sabotage. Um, addiction, you know, is so many things. It's that when you feel you're obsessed with something and you can't live without it, it's your crutch. And um, you know it's bad for you, but you're going to do it anyway. That's an addiction. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. that goes to your self-talk. And, you know, it's, um, I've been told that it takes um, eight positives to undo one negative. Mm. So if you're talking negatively yourself, now you've got to have eight positives. I'm grateful for, I am this, I am that. And what you're doing is rewiring the brain, right? It's going to feed those positives. It's going to fire on a different cylinder. It's going to send messaging to the rest of your body because everybody just thinks, everything is just from the chin up. No, right. everything yeah. that goes on in the head is infecting the body. 
Yes. And why do we so much see much so much dis-ease, disease in the body? Because it's coming from the anguish of the mind. Mm. Right? So we have to look at ourselves holistically as a whole. And if we are so reluctant to give something up, and I'm not talking about the good vibrations, although you know you you can get to the la di la di la and not have reality too, right? There's a balance. <laughs> but it's if something you can't give up. Uh, why mm. what what is the hold it has on you why are you holding on to it so tight what are you so afraid of if you when you let go of it mm. and we we have to ask ourselves these questions we have to go in deep and understand why it is and then release ourselves from those clutches and the empowerment of releasing yourself from the clutches i don't need it anymore yeah and that I is think, yeah. so empowering isn't it it is and it takes um, from what I've been told, it takes 63 days to break the habit, not yeah. the 20, 21 or 26 or what, what we used to say, but it's actually 63 because at some point when we get around those 20, that 20th day, sometimes we tell ourselves, I got this, I'm done, I have conquered it. And then something occurs and we fall back. 63 days to just push yourself and say, those eight saying those those eight affirmations because of that one negative right and just truly truly just um making the decision to say i'm going to change this behavior but focusing on two months to be able to change the behavior versus thinking i'm going to instantly um capitalize on this it took so many months to actually for it to become a habit so think about how much time it will take to undo the habit. It's all about baby steps. And you're right. Being able to get to a place where you feel empowering, there's just nothing like it, especially when you feel like, um, and, and it's not over somebody else, right? It's over you, that you are in control of you, that you are taking ownership of your actions, of your behavior, of your thought life, and that, and, and, and you are focused intentionally on making your life the best that it can be. Now, I know for me, when it came to making a decision or really when I felt like my life is really about to change if I keep doing this, mm-hmm. um, if, you know, because I've accidentally seen some things start to happen that were positive because of my change and that was cool. But now I see that there is a possibility of my life really changing mm-hmm. and that scared me. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, I know this Fatima. I know the messy Fatima. I know the hot-headed Fatima. I know how she operates. And guess what? Everybody else knows how she operates too. And it's been an okay system. I mean, it hasn't been a perfect system. You know, I I totally, um, you know, need to do better, but I'm just saying we all know the system. But once Mm. I start changing, Mm. that means that the system changes. And that means that other people are going to have to get used to that system. And now we're going to do this whole thing. And are they going to like me? Am Mm. I going to like myself? All those things made me afraid once I realized that I truly had the power to change the direction of my life. And I really had to have a conversation with myself. I call it a come to Jesus moment. (laughs) I really had to have a talk with myself and say, if I've been allowed to see the errors in my ways, if I had been allowed and been have been exposed to the things that have made me so unhappy in my life, what makes me think? that I am meant to remain unhappy? What makes me think that doing this work is going to make me just as unhappy as I've already been? The point is for me to have a better life or I wouldn't have been, um, the revelation wouldn't have come 
of all the things that have hurt me so much. Yes. It's no need to be afraid of what's on the other side because it, I can't go anywhere but up at this point, right? right. right. So, exactly. so for me, I had to make a choice that I was going to do it scared. And a lot of people have to make a decision that even if you are afraid to do the work on yourself because you don't know what you're going to look like on the other side, you feel like you're not going to be as cool, you're not going to be as funny, do it scared. Because the only thing that could come from it is a cleaner conscience, mm -hmm. a healthier body, a whole body, more spiritually in tune, happier people around you, and you being happier. All of those things are awesome things. Why would you not want to do the work? Right. Um, just on the, you know, the 64 days, it actually takes 90 days for your cell structure to completely regrow. Mm. So like when you're taking nutritionals, we say give it three months because it's got to go in there and do the detoxification and clear everything out and then set in a new pattern. Yeah. We all think we want to just do this downloadable app and, or just take this one program and it's done. And then we wonder why we go back to old habits. Yeah. Um, one of the things which I absolutely love celebrating people like yourself. You found the courage, you found the strength. And in that you discovered your abilities. And through those abilities, you discovered who you could serve. Yeah. Right. And absolutely. When, when, you know, sometimes people can't start off doing it for themselves, but they want to do it for their loved ones. Right? Mm. Where's your courage? It does take courage to say, my life is not working. I need to change. I'm willing yeah. to change. It does take strength, strength of character, strength of being, energy strength, body strength, everything. It takes that strength to go through it because sometimes you feel knocked down. You've got to get back up again. And you think, can I do this? And then that little inner voice says, yes, you can push through, push through. And then you discover you have this ability. I didn't know I could do that. Yeah. Well, I, could, I can see this and I can see that and I can see those possibilities now. And then you get through to the other side and you look at back and you go, who the hell was that woman? And why did I stay with her for so long? Right. When you look at who you are now, why you are now doing yeah. what you're doing, that clarity of that meaningful purpose and what life is all about. But you don't get there unless you're willing to discover that strength, that courage and your own abilities. Yeah, absolutely. That is why I'm here today. When mm -hmm. I was at my wits end beyond, my wits end is saying it nicely, and really just sitting in my car after work in a deserted parking lot, crying and thinking, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't even recognize myself. Yeah. I never thought that that moment would open up the door yes. for me to be able to be here um, moons later, right? right. And it took the one step. It took getting the courage to admit that I was broken and that I needed to be fixed and that I needed help. Humility, help begins with humility and being able to admit that I needed somebody beyond myself. I was a fixer, but beyond myself, I needed somebody to come and help fix me. And just that one step opened up the door each step opened up a new door, a new opportunity for me to be able to get the education, get the help, get the understanding, get the awareness, and then got to a place where I said, now I'm in a place where I just want to extend my therapy. I want to write about it. I want to journal about it, which came, became a book. And then from there, I got more educated on my mindset, 
on just psychology as a whole and and just really dove into this area because I was so naturally passionate about it. Why? Because I lived it, yes. right? And so it op- each step from that first step opened up the door for me to not only get the healing that I needed, but it opened up the opportunity for me to find my purpose. And so in that now, I'm able to do it not just for me. Now I'm able to help other people to find their purpose and to break through their brokenness, to find their healing. But it truly started with me being in the car, snotting and crying and saying, (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. It took doing it scared. So I think some of the most awesome opportunities are the toughest decisions. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn to do a lot of those um, fearful things with courage and grit. Yes. And you know, rock bottom is okay. Right? Rock bottom is okay. Because now it's like, okay, I'm going to stand back up, but I'm not going to stand back up in the same shoes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think I have many rock bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) But we do. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you're going to fall on this journey of this process. Don't beat yourself up. Oh, you yeah. stupid person. You did it. No, we don't want any of that talk. Thank you. Leave that yeah. in the past. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But, but that's but, why it's progress. It's progress, yeah. not perfection, right? It's right. not perfection because none of us are perfect. So right. it's progress. I, I, yeah, I, I love you know, the flawsomeness as I talked about. Every yeah. single one of us has a flaw, but we can be awesome with those flaws. Yeah. If turned into awesomeness and, and not flaws. And, you know, imperfection. We look at a diamond that has an imperfection mm-hmm. and it is worth more. Well, whose idea is this? We've got to be perfect by whose mm-hmm. standard, mm-hmm. whose dictation. And you could be perfect for one person and not for the next. And the pressure you're putting on yourself to yeah. be perfect is an illusion yeah. that you will never, ever capture. And it will only yeah. destroy you. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Sorry, you are right on it. And it's just, I think, owning that and learning to love ourselves. It all starts, it all just continues to go back to us and what do we view about ourselves and what do we stand for and what is our why and what is our purpose. But so much um, greatness, so many people we touch because of what we perceive. So if we have a healthy um, idea of ourselves, then there is so much comfort and and awesomeness and um, um, care that we can offer to other people. If we view ourselves in such a horrible, dark and destructive way, then there are so many people that we can hurt engaging with other people. And so it really starts with the ownership of self and what do we how do we view self? Right. And and understanding that we are not an island to ourselves, that everybody needs support. Everybody needs a safe place that you have to take accountability for the things that you've done, be able to face your fears and face yourself. A lot of times we're fearful of facing yes. ourselves, no, face that's, our, you know, that usually that's, 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 that's a big part, right? <laughs> yeah. And being able to face ourselves and then saying, okay, I see the stuff and I'm choosing to work on it and not sit in self-victimization yeah. and saying, well, I can't change this because my parents were this way, or this right. is how they, people have always told me that it's I was going to be this way. Like this. Right. Yeah. So, and so making those decisions to say, no, that story changes today. That story changes by the next baby step I'm going to make. Every step I make is going to lead me farther away from that negative story and just really, really working to take those thoughts captive and saying, no, I'm not going to think that way. 
Now I got to think of eight affirmations, have them on standby that I can repeat and repeat and continue to repeat. By those three months, I would have helped to change my mindset. Baby yeah. steps. It's never, it's never perfection. It's always saying I'm better than I was yesterday. I think it's also the, this four-letter word, time. Mm. Give yourself time. Nothing yeah. happens overnight. Oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm just going to apply myself into it. I'm going to have it done in a week. No. Yeah. That is not the purpose behind this. The baby steps are for you to register every feeling along the way so you can release what's not serving you and embrace what is. If mm -hmm. you're not engaged uh, with your time, with your, with your intent, then you're just band-aiding. You're yeah. just skipping over and it's going to hit you. Cosmic is going to hit you two by four and yeah. <laughs> you're going to go right back to the beginning. So yeah. The thing is, as you said, it, it took a lifetime to get where you are. You've got to give it time to unravel. And even when you get to where you are now, where I am now, this still doesn't mean that there isn't some stuff that comes up. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it's ever evolving. Yes. Right? It's yes. ever evolving. Healing is ever evolving. We evolve. Right. Yes. And so our mindset from last week is not going to be the mindset this week. So there are things that I may have done last week that I come back now and say, you know what? Ooh, that showed something about myself that I don't like. I need to figure out what that's about. So it's ever evolving, but being open to it, being yes. open to seeing who you are, being aware of yourself and not just saying, oh, that's just me, but saying, but is that serving a good purpose or, or is it not? And if it's not, Maybe I need to look into that deeper and try to try to figure that out. What, what's that about? You know, I need yeah. to let that go and working on yourself to let those things go. Right. And, um, you know, uh, people are always going to give you observations. And if they're coming from a place of love and caring, we may not like them. But you know what? Take them in, yeah. digest them, have a look at them and go, OK, if this is the way I'm being perceived, how am I presenting myself? But if somebody is giving you an observation with an intent to be bitchy and nasty or pull you down, you can just dismiss that, yeah. right? You know, I was, used to say to various people, take it up with your mirror. That's the only one that's interested. Absolutely. I love it. And I'm going to take that. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm keeping because that. There's so many people that are so discontent with their life and they're looking to blame everyone else or they're looking to bring other people down to make yeah. themselves feel better. And it's like you put a mirror up in front of them and say, okay, now say that to the mirror. Mm, because yeah. ultimately, that is who you are saying it to. Ultimately, when you attack absolutely. another, it's the attack on self. And, yeah. you know, I don't care who you are, how rich you are, what your politics, what your sex is, what your religion is. Every single one of his others is here for this journey of self-discovery, yeah. meaningful purpose, and what service we are here to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just really just say, you said it so eloquently. I just say it's nobody's business. It's not their business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not their business. And so you, um, I think that has to come with it, learning how to say no and learning how to say thank you, but no thank you, you know? Because some areas or routes that you have to take for your healing, for your growth, is going to be completely different than for somebody else. And so it's nobody's business on the direction that you have to go for your self-healing. It's your business. And that's when boundaries come in of saying, you know what, thank you, but no thank you. Or like you're saying, look in the mirror. You must be talking to yourself, not me. 
Um, and, and those are things that we have to we have to rise up to. We have to guard and protect our peace, right? And our and our personal space. We have to guard that, especially when we're walking through self-investment yeah. um, and, and just really working on our own um, self-acceptance and our identity. We have to be able to protect what we're being shown. How do people get hold of the book? What services are you offering people? And how do they get hold of you? Well, the book, um, it is on Amazon and um, where everything is, is, I guess. So it's, it's on Amazon. The description is in the dirt by yeah. Betty Oliver or C. Oliver for you. For yes. you the description uh, like is in the dirt. And yeah. that's what it's talking about. It's talking about all the dirt, the things that we, we hinted yeah. to um, today or we touched on very quickly today. The dirt and looking at it and saying, now what? Right. And working yeah. your way through it. And so I share... Um, the details of my dirt in in the book and how I rose through those different challenges, crawling through sometimes. Um, but yeah, it can be um, um, picked up on Amazon in Kindle and also um, through good old fashioned binder copy. Um, if you like to feel the the the, the pages turning, yes, definitely. Um, I love that personally. Um, I have a I have a website and it is FatimaC.com. If you go there, you can find out so much more about me and the different resources that I have. I have free resources just to help you to be able to walk through your life the best way you can, um, guiding um, guiding you and supporting you. Um, I have uh, study guides that are available that bring about deep rooted questions that make you um, you know just consider alternative measures in regards to being a micromanager or having an anger issue or forgiveness or dealing with a breakup. Um, you name it, it's probably on my site. Um, definitely can go there and find out about all those different courses that I have. But I also have a newsletter that I love for people to sign up to because I believe in that weekly encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so every week I just send a little bit of encouragement. It takes maybe 30 seconds, a minute, if you're really going to dive in to read it. And um, it, it just is sent to, to give you a little bit of um, pick me up throughout your week. And so if you go on I to my website, Fatima, mm. yeah, if you go to FatimaC.com and you go to the subscriber area, the about me, and, and probably on every page, there's an option to subscribe pop in your email address and you'll be able to get um, a weekly encouragement from me. But I'm on social media as well. You can definitely find me on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and all of those things. But yeah, my website and the book, um, if you want to just talk to me personally, please feel free to reach out. I love to have good conversations like the one we had today. Um, would you spell your name for those that are just listening to the audio? Sure, because there's no telling how people spell Fatima out there. <laughs> so it is F like Frank, A, T like Tom, I, M like Mary, A, Fatima. Some people say Fatima or Fatima, whichever is fine. But it is FatimaCLikeCat.com, FatimaC.com. Come find me. Great, wonderful. Well, you know, this, I would say the best teachers are those that have gone through it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you understand the journey, you understand the difficulties, but you also understand the impact of getting to the other side and yeah. then really where the true enrichment and the abundance of life really lies. And it lies in that meaningful purpose and it being at one with source, Gus, God, universe, energy, but being aligned with yourself, your core yeah. being 
and the resonance that you send out to other people in caring and kindness and love. And when we're in that zone, we attract the people that are looking, right? And we attract the people that have done it and they want yeah. to do more with us, but we also attract the people, like when I was here when Harry met Sally, I'll have what she's <laughs> you know? yeah. So like if she's got there, I want to know how, right? And that's the point. That's the point of the reason why I do all these shows, the yeah. reason why you've come on. You're not alone, right? Yeah. And if uh, Fatima has resonated with you today, if you feel any connection whatsoever, reach out to her because take that next step. That's your baby step. Take the next step. You don't know what she can do for you until you reach out and start with the newsletter or reach out and have, set up a conversation or pick up her book and see how that resonates with you. But be pro active in your own life because it can be absolutely awesome when yeah. you choose to actually be a part of your own life instead of giving up your life to everything else mm. yeah so good so good and so true it's like we all deserve to feel free and to feel a sense of freedom in our lives but a lot of times that key to freedom is inside of us so, you know, yeah, we got to do the work to get that key. But thank you so much for having me on. And I'm and I'm just so excited for this conversation and, and just for those it's going to help. Thank you very much. Thank you for going through it, putting your book out there, putting these services together. They're very much needed. We have a very broken society and they just don't know where to go. So mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, it's had an impact on you. Reach out to Fatima. If you know somebody else, I always say, have a pod, instead of a book club, have a podcast club. Mm -hmm. Listen to it again. What have you learned from it? How can you support each other? How can you reach out? You know, please don't, if you don't have to, don't do it alone. But, you know, realize if you are doing it alone, you're not alone. There's mm -hmm. plenty of people like Fetimi and Marat that are around there. Uh, and like Source God Energy that's with you. You're never, ever alone. Thank you very much, love, for being here today. Thank until, you. Until next time, folks, remember, you are awesome. Step into it. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.